Welcome into Locked On Knicks, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and today we're joined by friend of the pod, former host of Locked On Nets, Marcus Barahal, to continue a semi-annual tradition, Alex. Yeah, we are picking in a draft style, a fantasy draft style draft, all of the teams in the NBA uh, to create a list of the teams, you know, just, that's coming off really clunky i gotta think yeah. about how i'm gonna frame that better <laughs> yeah all right well, so we are just say something we're, we're like we're drafting like we're drafting every, based on their futures yeah. or something we're drafting yeah. every nba team based off the team who is the, who is the best future who has the best future for the next 10 years let's yeah. i'll put it that way all sure. right okay. let's do that again my bad all right no no you're all good <laughs> I've, I've i've watched enough intros over the last few weeks all right three two one Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and today we're joined by a very special guest, one of my best friends in the whole world, Marcus Barahal, former host of Locked On Nets, to get into Alex a fun, oh, now that time I messed it up, <laughs> three, two, one. Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, today we're joined by one of my best friends in the world, Marcus Barahal, for a very interesting draft, Alex. Yeah, not only that, a very long draft. This is probably going to be a four-part episode where we are drafting every team in the NBA based off their futures for the next 10 years. And in this first episode, maybe is some of our biggest surprises of the entire thing. So I won't hold this up much further. Let's do the drop and get into it. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. We want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day, we're now available on all platforms. And that includes, if you're lucky enough, I'll, I'll say if you have the honor of seeing our faces right now, you already know it. We're on YouTube, but who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play -play broadcaster. This is it, guys. We're here. I keep talking about it. The first week of football season, super duper excited about that. He's Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website on the internet. You can check out all of the work there at the Strick.land, wherever you get your social media. And today we are lucky enough to be joined by Marcus Barahal, former host of the Locked On Nets podcast, also used to work at the NBA, now a law student, but uh, certainly keeps track of the league at a high level. And in doing so, we are drafting uh, all the teams in the NBA uh, based on how bright we think their futures are. This is going to be a multi-part episode. We don't know exactly how many parts, but it could be as many as four. We went nearly two hours on this. It was a whole lot of fun, so I won't delay any longer. Without further ado, let's get into it. Drafting the best futures in the NBA. All right, guys, as promised, we are joined by friend of the pod, Marcus Barahal, former host of Locked on Nets, current law student. Uh, Marcus, uh, thank you for taking the time to do this exercise, as you've done in years past. Uh, excited to have you back. Gavin, good to be back. If I'm being completely transparent, I don't remember doing this in years past, <laughs> but happy to be here now for what uh, is apparently not the first time. Uh, I, I listen to that episode like once a week, but that, that's fine that it didn't mean as much to you. All right. Um, we are, uh, I will explain the premise a little bit in the intro, but essentially what we are doing is drafting teams based on both 
how many games we'd expect them to win over the next five to 10 years and also like which teams we want to own. So I put in like a little like entertainment factor in there as well. So given that criteria, we were taking into account location in terms of how they will attract free agents and ownership in terms of how much money they're willing to spend these with teams like the Clippers in particular for me, that, that caused a, a pretty big discrepancy where they would have been ranked. We were operating as if we would own these teams or as if we had an investment in these teams going forward. And we'll start things off uh, with a random name generator to run the lottery. Alex, I was talking to Marcus a little bit about this before. I, di I didn't warn you about this, but do you have a, a good luck totem of any kind or anything you would have brought if I'd given you some notice on this? Yeah, here's my, uh, here, hold on. Carmelo Anthony Funko off my desk. Oh, there there you go. It's my good luck charm. Yeah. Marcus, I understand <laughs> you, have, you, have a, you have a stress ball or something? Yeah, I got this stress ball when I worked at the NBA at a, there was like a Hennessy party <laughs> that Hennessy did. Gave out free stress balls that I still have. So hoping to bring some magic. <laughs> still, still waiting for David Locke to throw a Hennessy party, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll update everyone when that happens. All right. Uh, let's see. We'll bring you as our plus one, Marcus, when that happens. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Marcus, the Hennessy magic worked. You have the number one pick. Alex, you got number two. Wow. Uh, me, with, with, with had, who had the audacity to go with no totem of luck, uh, got smited. I have the third pick. Uh, so, Marcus, we'll start it off. Who's, who's your number one pick for the, uh, the best future of any team in the NBA? This is tough. I, I kind of didn't want the first pick, um, but here I am. I'm going to take the Boston Celtics as much as I – don't like them as a team. Uh, they just made the finals. Uh, were, you know, made it to game six. Uh, and their core is very young. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Rob Williams. Uh, the only hangup that I have with them is um, Jalen Brown's contract. I think he has two years left. It seems like there's maybe rumors that maybe he leaves. There's also the possibility they trade for Kevin Durant. And this team is completely different at the start of this season. But I like where they've been at the last few years. Their core is super young. So I think they're promising going forward. I think they're a safe bet to, if not win a title, at least be in the mix for the next however long they have Tatum, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a fair pick. I mean, they're definitely near the top of my rankings, too. You didn't take the team that's actually at the very top of my rankings, so I'm thankful for that. But, I mean, we just saw this team make the finals. First year with a new coach, first year with a new president of basketball operations. That I think that Stevens, you know, if we're taking into account, like, we're not going to step in and try to become the GM of this team. We're essentially just going to be like the owner more or less. Like I would be like, damn, I'm stepping into a good situation with Brad Stevens because it, he, I think made all the moves that Ainge didn't necessarily have the, the chutzpah to make, you know what I mean? Like he made all those little trades that like eventually gave them the depth they needed to make a finals run. Uh, and also in getting promoted to president of basketball operations, uh, got to select a new coach and obviously did awesome with Yudoka, uh, who I think is probably, uh, am I crazy? I'll ask you guys this. If I say that he's maybe the coach that you would most want to take, if you were going to, if there was like a coach's draft, I think I'd go Spolster and nurse ahead of him still, but he's yeah. like, he's like top five or six, probably maybe top seven. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's it, just based off one year of work. He's, yeah, he's even great. in the conversation, you know yeah. what I mean? He's like, He's like the Cade Cunningham of coaches right now, you know, where it's like you would presumably already put him in that category of like top 10 coaches in the NBA, um, even after just one year because of how well he did. Uh, so I, I don't fault that pick at all. That said, he didn't take my number one team, which makes me happy. So I can make my number one pick here. I had the Raptors at number one. 
Oh, uh, wow. On my list. Oh, interesting. Go, yeah. go off. Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, you're talking about a team that has multiple present day all-stars. Um, they have one of probably the top, again, if we're talking about like top 10, you know, young players, like top 10, like young assets in the NBA, they have that in Scotty Barnes. Uh, they have all their draft picks intact going forward, even if they don't really have an excess of draft picks. And they have Nick Nurse, who I think is one of the best coaches as far as getting the most out of any given roster. Um, I think you're always going to be in conversation for like a top four seed. If you're the Raptors, depending on how Barnes shakes out, which my inclination would be to say that I think that he's going to eventually turn into like a legit two-way stud of a player um, in the potentially in the mold of the guy that the Raptors lost that took them to a championship in Kawhi Leonard. Um, I just don't see a world where they're going to be bad at any point anytime soon. Um, I also, they also haven't had to like totally hamstring themselves draft picks wise to get there. And again, if we're taking into account leadership with this, if I can take a Masai Ujiri owned team uh, or not owned, but you know, run team, with the amount of flexibility that they still have right now with a Fred Van Vliet already on the roster with a Pascal Siakam already on the roster, both of whom are all-stars. And then you also have Scotty Barnes who profiles to be a potential future all-star. You have OG Ananobi, who's like a really good three and D like 17 point per game player. I, they're just a great team. I, I honestly think that all that they're really needing at this point is like sort of a rangy center. Uh, at this point, and they could potentially be right in the title conversation again. And, you know, right there with the best teams in the East and in the whole NBA. So I, I think that they're the team to go with for me. I mean, they, they just have this weird, perfect balance, almost like what the Celtics had a few years ago, where they, they're both catering to the present and the future and also have the ability to get better in the future, too. Um, so I, I just love what they're doing. They were my number one team. It, it was it wasn't like a far and away thing, but they were my number one team right now as far as for the next like 10 years. Yeah, I think my, my only hesitancy with them is I, I'm when I was doing this, I was looking for every team. I was like, who's like the number one scorer on a title team? And I, Scotty could become that. But right now, like I, I, I kind of think people are like a little too high on him just because he's he does so many things exceptionally well. But I don't know if I see that in him yet. Like that, like if you compare him to the Celtics, like I don't see a world where he's like Tatum offensively. Maybe he makes up for it because he's such a good passer and he's, he's so dominant. Like he, he could be like a multi-time like depoy type of player, but I didn't know if I quite saw that ceiling. So I, I had Toronto, like you, you convinced me maybe should have had them higher. I had Toronto. This is crazy. Like in my list, I had them all the way back at 15. Um, probably that was too low, but I, I'm kind of surprised at the gap there. I had, I had Boston um, all the way up at four. So that was like a little closer, but you guys left my, top two teams at least for me on the board um and my number one was maybe a little long in the tooth but i'm still going with them the golden state warriors defending nba champions i guess my my premise is i think if i was going to take a team just for the next three seasons like i would take them with like a pretty high level of confidence still like i think steph is going to be like obviously like slightly worse by the end of that but with how how healthy he's been the fact that a shot isn't going away the fact that we've seen a player at like not in a similar mold, but like at the same position and Chris Paul, like age so well, it gives me some hope that like Steph could have the same thing going forward. And then just like the organizational consistency there. Like we haven't really seen like, like Bob Myers. I mean, you mentioned Masai Ujiri. I'd put Bob Myers up there for as good of a GM as anyone in the NBA over the last five years. I mean, that Andrew Wiggins trade looks like another stroke of genius for them. 
I would feel a little better about it if they had taken Franz Wagner over Jonathan Kuminga, just because I, I think Wagner's more of a sure thing. But the combination of Kuminga, Moody, Poole, Wiggins, like with those older stars, the fact that they don't have a pick debt, I think if you want to rip it, you can kind of say like the same thing I was criticizing the Raptors for. Like once Steph ages up a little bit, they don't really have that next guy that's clear cut. But I just think with given the the market, the culture there, and the fact that I kind of put them in the same category as the Clippers, where it doesn't seem like there's a limit on how much money they're willing to spend, um, I can see them attracting another star in due time. The, the the one tricky thing for them is figuring out what to do with Clay Thompson going forward because he's just not going to be worth the amount of money that they're probably going to have to pay him. But I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about the Warriors. We'll be right back in with Marcus continuing this draft of all the NBA teams, some more dynamite groundbreaking selections are sure to come before the end of the show. But I got to let you guys to know that today's show is brought to you by rocket money. And if you keep on saying you need to make a budget, but never do it. If somehow you keep missing credit card payments, you're afraid to look at your bank statements. Then it's time to take back control of your financial life. Meet rocket money, formerly Truebill, our favorite financial app. This very app just saved me like, $350 a year on my internet bill recently. So I, I'm a happy customer. Uh, so why did Truebill change its name to Rocket Money? We'll tell you what we heard. Truebill, now backed by Rocket Companies, has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average $700 a year. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story, a new name, Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything I've loved about Truebill, but with a fresh look and feel. Start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at rocket.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Or download the app from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. I think beyond Clay Thompson, they've got a lot of uh, stuff to figure out contract-wise coming up. I mean, Wiggins is on an expiring, so they're going to have to decide if they want to pay him after this season. Draymond has a player option for next year and you know he's the heart and soul of the team probably couldn't command as much money going to some other team but they have to decide you know is that a guy they want to pay and then at what point do you turn the keys over to Jordan Poole to Moses Moody get those guys more involved I'm not sure to your point that I totally believe in any of their young guys as like a number one on a title team which is why I had them ninth on my list Mm. Um, but at the same time I do agree that for this year coming up they might well be the title favorite. So I think it's a great short-term play with some long-term upside because of those young guys, but none of them particularly jumps out to me. Yeah, I, I had them number two on my list, actually. So, I mean, this that was my next pick if the Raptors weren't on the board. Um, I think you've... So if we're talking about the next 10 years, you're probably getting at least two more title contention windows out of them over these next two years. So yeah. if you can look at any team, I mean for F's sake, like look at the Knicks. Like (laughs) if you could tell me, Oh, this team could win two titles in the next 10 years. (laughs) I'd be like, sign me the hell up. That's a good deal. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Most teams never even sniff one title in 30 years. You know what I mean? So I, that's, that's why they're high to me. You know, you take advantage of that short-term window. You still have uh, Moody and Kuminga and Wiseman. I mean, regardless of how you feel about Wiseman, we haven't seen him come back yet. From this injury, there's you know reports that he's shooting better and stuff. Like, I on the surface, he does have potential as like a 
at the very least, like a Miles Turner type player, you know, that can block shots and shoot threes, even if the rest of his game is a little limited. So, you know, I, I like them going forward too. I don't know that Moody or Kuminga or especially Wiseman are going to turn into that like number one star for you down the line, but they have left their draft picks enough intact that, you know, they have an ability to get better later on. Um, the, the older guys are going to age out eventually. I think Steph will be the last one to sort of fizzle out, which is good for them because he's the best of all of them. Um, I think that Clay and Draymond will probably retire before Steph does, or maybe they'll just all retire at once. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, the Warriors ownership group would certainly love that from a luxury tax perspective. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with it. I mean, I had them, I had them next on my list, like I said. So I, I think that just on the fact that like most teams, most fans, most people like wish their whole lives for one championship. This team has already won a number of them and still could potentially over the next couple of years win a couple more. So I, I, you know, I think that's worth it to go for the 10 year plan for me. Yeah. And my, my next thing I'm curious for you guys have because I, I was kind of surprised I had them at number two, but it was the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that's based around uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, if I'm like, I think he's right there with Luka and Giannis. If I'm taking a bet on anyone in the NBA, I want for the next like eight, nine, ten seasons. Like, I don't see any reason why his game won't age exceptionally well. Like, he can't get any less athletic than he currently is. Um, arguably the best passer in the NBA at the center position. Like, showed off um, like a more more of an aggression in terms of scoring the ball, which I think they're, they're really going to need if they want to win a championship. Like in a final series, I think he's going to have to average something like 30, 12, and ten. Um, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, the two massive, massive question marks here. Porter Jr. much more so than Murray. I mean, that has a chance. That contract could be like a total albatross, which is where my hesitancy came in in having them that high. But Murray is such a skillful player, and clearly took his time coming back from the ACL. I, I still see him as someone like at his apex. Like he's still, I think, only like 24, 25 years old. Um, could be like a twenty-six point score in the NBA. Like super efficient. Um, and I liked, I just like the pieces they added, like a KCP, like a Bruce Brown. Like, of course, when you're looking four or five years down the road, those aren't guys who are going to swing a title. But for the next couple of seasons, those are exactly the kind of role players I would want there. Um, you have Bones Highland as someone who has like a decent ceiling off the bench. I, I just like the way they operate. I, I want to bet on Jokic. Like, I'll, I'll spoil it because I think they're probably going to be gone by the next time I pick. Dallas was the other team I had this, in this mix just because of Luka. And I look in just the difference in how Denver has surrounded Jokic when everyone's healthy versus how Dallas has surrounded Luca, and even if I like Luca better as a player, just it's so night and day that I think I had to take uh, Denver next. I had yeah, them number I, two as well. Go. Yeah, I was gonna say I had them a little lower. Uh, my biggest worry with them is that they've sort of mortgaged their future already. So like hmm. this core is the core. Yeah. Uh, and where has that gotten them? Pretty much nowhere. If we're being completely honest, um, you know I love Jokic too. I think he's one of the most electric players in the NBA, but. Um, I think that my main, like I had them at what, like fifth or sixth on my list, I think, you know, which is not a knock. I, you know, it's, they have a two-time MVP on the team. Yeah. I had them at number six. Um, you know, I think it's just mostly that they've, they've gone so far in on this core and they've already paid Murray. They've paid MPJ, you know, like they're going to be pretty well capped out. They also have little to no free agent draw at all. I mean, I can't remember the last time that Denver signed a free agent. I think it was like, Iguodala, like the last one of note um, that they, they signed. And, yeah. Oh, and they didn't even sign him. They traded for him. So, I yeah. yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember who the last person was that they brought in that wasn't via trade. And they don't have a ton of powder left in the keg to 
to execute a trade now at this point, short of using like a Michael Porter Jr. or something as the trade piece. But even with him, it's like he's like 22 years old and has like has had like 18 back surgeries. Like, yeah, how much trade value does he really have? They, at this they do point? have all their picks, though, unless I'm missing something. So that they like, don't. They, oh, they've they don't. traded oh. off most of their picks. <laughs> really? Wait, what? Yes. When did they do that? So they have their 2023 first round pick going to Charlotte, which is protected um through 2025 then they have a 2025 first rounder going to orlando i'm which Orton, is, right yeah 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 which is protected in conjunction with that other pick so like whenever that other one conveys is what dictates that one and then they have their next pick going to oklahoma city um which Can was i trade from, denver <laughs> yeah yeah right so uh they have their 2027 or later first round pick going to yeah. oklahoma city which means pretty much their next 10 years of drafts are probably pretty screwed <sighs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that on that happy note, Alex, you're up again. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Marcus, I, I kind of interrupted you. Do you want to just give a quick? No, yeah, I was just going to say to to back up your point. Like, Jokic, Murray, Porter, and Gordon are all signed through 2025, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Like, if this is a core that has them in the Western Conference Finals or the Finals this year, like that's great. You don't really have to worry about any of those guys like wanting out or anything like that. Or to your point, they could be trapped. So. How those guys, um, Murray and Porter, come back from injury this season, I think is going to really swing one way or the other with them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the unfortunate thing for them is, like, those guys don't really have too much value unless they can come back and prove that they're the right. same or better off of injury. So that that's one thing that worries me a bit with them, too. Um, so for my next pick, I am going, much that pains me to do so, with Memphis. Oh. Um, I, I just think... What's funny about this is, is I'm not even that sold on John ja Morant as like a championship engine. Um, but that said, like the team has been so good even without him that it, it makes you think like, you know, what is the ceiling for this team? Um, I, you know, I, I kind of, I don't know. I go back and forth on this. Like they're, they're pretty good draft pick wise as well, which is another thing that sort of swayed things for me. They do have an extra first round pick coming in from golden state um, next year in 2024, or I should say, I guess two years from now, technically, but like two drafts from now in 2024, um, they have a surplus of extra second round picks that they've gotten over time. They're just sort of like in this position where they have all the young pieces to potentially swing a trade. Like I'm, Honestly, slightly surprised that they haven't been mentioned as being in like the Durant sweepstakes, for example, like because they have the the stuff to go after a guy like that. Like they have that just huge amount of young players, you know, at their disposal that all are really good. I mean, we're talking about a team that even when Morant wasn't on the floor this year, managed to still have like an overwhelmingly winning record. Um they have, you know, they have Bain, they have Dylan Brooks, they have uh, Clark, who's one of my favorites, which certainly uh, didn't didn't influence my decision at all. Uh, they have, you know, DeAnthony Melton, just like I oh, know he's oh, on he's on uh, Philly now. Oh, I'm sorry, DeAnthony Melton left, but it, either way, they have a good young core, you know, that I I think can be used in a trade or will just continue growing together. Um, Morant is the one worry to me, ironically enough, you know, I just. I, I think that he needs to develop a more consistent jumper um, if they're going to eventually rely on him to be like a Steph Curry of sorts um, and, you know, be the guy that can like win you a championship. But 
I, I like their core enough and their draft pick situation. The one thing that does worry me is that they're like another team, you know, another like small market team that's basically allergic to free agents. But I think that they have a good enough uh, young core plus draft pick situation that they can swing a trade for that like next difference maker if need be uh, within the next couple of years and potentially set themselves up for a title run, you know, in like two, three years from now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, Marcus. I have them at six. So I was, I was right in your range, Alex. Um, the way Job played against Golden State before he got hurt, like, really impressed me. Like, that 45-point game, I didn't know that he was quite ready for that yet. It, insane amounts of flexibility. I, I think they're going to be great, though. The only question is, like, can Job be that number one guy? Yep, I had them seven for pretty much the same thing Gavin said. Um, and I'm surprised my my number three and four teams are both on the board here. Mm-hmm. Um this one is really just about one guy. I'm going to take the Bucks uh, at number six because of Giannis. Uh, still only 28 just now, kind of still hitting his prime. Uh, Middleton, Holiday, Lopez all can put the team in the title contention right now. Um, they don't really have any young players that I'm super excited about. Uh, Marjan Beauchamp, um, Sandro Mamakelishvili, maybe if, uh, if they bring him back. Uh, one of my favorite guys. Uh, but really, it's about it's about Giannis. Um, there was that one uh, interview, I think, recently where he said maybe he'll play for the Bulls in the future, which can be a little concerning. But he is under contract until uh, 2026, I believe. So not a concern right now. And I think a lot of that is just kind of pressuring the front office because uh, Chris Middleton has a player option next summer. Drew Holiday the summer after that has a player option. Brooke Lopez is a free agent after this season. So I think it's maybe about either paying those guys or figuring out something the next few years while Giannis is under contract. Um, the Bucks have proven that they can put a title team around him. So I feel confident that they can keep doing that and uh, that he's a loyal enough guy that he would stay. Yeah. I, I had them next on my list. So my basic note, and I don't feel like I have to say much more than this is like Giannis until he gets like over 30 or his body starts to show signs of breaking down. In any way, I don't think they deserve to be anywhere outside of the top, you know, upper echelon of teams because he himself is just such a force that he makes you a, a potential championship contender every single year. So uh, I'm right there with you. I, I've got him. Him is the main reason. But, I, you know, I also don't yeah. think the Bucs have, have really done themselves a disservice team building wise either as far as leaving some flexibility there. And Giannis is a magnetic enough star that, I don't think that any player, if the Bucks try to insert themselves in a big trade, would ever be like, no, I refuse to go to Milwaukee because everybody I would I feel like would want to play with Giannis. Yeah, and I think a big thing is he started to almost already like insulate his game a bit for any drop off in athleticism. It really impressed me against Boston, his ability to hit those short mid rangers. I mean, we've seen clips of, of him over the summer just draining threes. Like I, I really have no concerns about him being pretty much as dominant as he is now until he passes age. 31 and then I guess my only concern is that like if like he ever dropped off like precipitously from an athletic perspective that would be scary but he's, he's such a worker that and and just with modern medicine it's going to be later than it would be for guys like him in the past so I, I'm with you I think they're a finals contender for the foreseeable future and it pro- probably a steal getting them this late but who, who, who did you have next uh so the next one is a little bit more of a risk I feel like the six teams we've mentioned so far have all either won a title recently or at least you know are pushing that way. Um, this team maybe could be this season. I'm going with the Pelicans uh, with the seventh yeah. pick. Um, 
just the upside of Zion, Brandon Ingram. Uh, they've got a team that can win now with McCollum and with Valanciunas. Herb Jones flashed a lot last season. Um, I liked the Dyson Daniels pick for them. Um, I just think they have a really deep team. Um, I think I'm not positive, Alex. I feel like you might have this pulled up. Um, I think they still have picks coming in from other teams. Two more Lakers picks, I think. Yeah. So they've they've got kind of the future set up. They've got a team that if Zion can come back and uh, stay relatively healthy, which is, you know, maybe a big if, um, they've got a team that can compete right now as well. Um, And yeah, I had them fourth on my board. Um, Ecstatic to get them here in the third round. Yeah, they actually have, uh, they still have, let's see, another Lakers swap coming in this year, another pick from the Lakers coming in in 2024. Then they have a swap with Milwaukee in 2024 as well. Uh, So they're going to have the Lakers pick straight up and a swap right with Milwaukee. Then they have that 2025 first round pick that the Knicks basically own, that they have picks Uh, one to four owned with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if that doesn't convey... Then they get, um, or actually, I guess it's not even contingent on that. They have a swap with Milwaukee um, in twenty twenty six. I'm hedging my Milwaukee pick as well because if Giannis and, leaves, then my Pelicans pick looks better. Yeah, yeah, and, it's great. And yeah, another another first for Milwaukee in twenty twenty seven. My goodness, they have way more picks than I thought they did. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty solid pick. I mean, I you know if it's not abundantly clear, my my main criteria for this has been like young players plus ability to get better. You know, and I think New Orleans definitely has that. Um, we'll, uh, I mean, Gavin, I'll throw it to you for reaction first. We'll see with my next pick. I, I'm, it's going to be one of my first risks, I think. And one of those where I'm just kind of going by my board. I was hoping one of you guys would take this team already. But uh, Gavin, I'll let you react to the Pelicans. I'm, 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 wonder, I'm wondering if it's the Thunder. But uh, yeah, I am. I, I'm all in on that pick. I think they were. I got to double check. They were eighth on my board. And I I almost. Oh, no, sorry. They were 10th on my board. But I, but I almost I, I was very, very tempted to have them quite a bit higher than that just because I love their roster. And I mean, the defensive flexibility is just nuts. I mean, if they can throw out a lineup down the road of like Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels, Ingram, Zion, and like Trey Murphy, who's like 6'10 and a lights out shooter. And and they have like, normally wouldn't mention something like this, but given the guys that they've drafted, like having like arguably the best um, shooting coach named, I believe Fred Vinson um, is, is a very big deal because if you can get Dyson shooting well, if you can get Herb who already shot it pretty well last year shooting well, you just have like three elite, elite elite giant three and D guys around Ingram and Zion. Like, I just don't know another, maybe OKC eventually will have a weird lineup that can match that, especially if they get Wembenyama somehow, but there's not really another team in the NBA that can put out that combination of size and skill. The only reason I didn't have them honestly, like top three or top five is because Zion is an injury risk and it's a weird piece to build around. Like I don't, he was playing point guard last time we saw him. I don't really know what that lineup even looks like. And so it might just be a lack of imagination, but kind of like I, I think that's a very high upside pick and and one with like a relatively low floor. Like like the worst case scenario, I think, is they're like a fifty plus win team for the foreseeable future, especially because they could package some of that talent and those picks to go get like a Kevin Durant type of guy if if they want him down the road. But Alex, who who did you have uh, going next? All right, guys, sorry to say that is it for today's episode with Marcus, but don't fear we'll be back tomorrow with part two continuing this draft. It's going to be a full week of fun. We might break it up, mix in a special guest. I don't know. It depends on scheduling, but enjoy this one. Enjoy the rest of them. Enjoy your week. We're getting closer and closer to the season. Until next time, be good. We'll talk to you soon on Locked on Knicks. Peace out.